-hmm. So if you're not getting enough of the right quality sleep, you're not giving your body chance to repair. So that means repair on a, a cellular level. So where we've got damaged cells, we've got aging cells, we've got cells that are no longer needed. If you're not getting enough sleep, you're not giving your body chance to, to get rid of those and actually do, you know, do repair work on the damage. So it's a bit like taking your car into the garage. You've taken your car along, you've said what needs to be done, you need, you need a service, you need an oil change, you need a bit of work doing, but you're only gonna give them 15 minutes to do the work mm. and it really requires three to four hours. So it's the same sort of thing. When we don't sleep for long enough or the right quality, we're simply not gonna be able to keep our body in tip-top condition. This is the Peaks Audio Experience. So welcome back to The Peaks Life, where we have little bite-sized chunks of wellness wisdom to power you through your day. I am Mike Warren. <laughs> and I'm Lynn Fernie. Well done. Just a little, little, maybe not enough sleep. Maybe that's what it was. Is that it? I had a little, little memory lapse there for you, who I was and my name. Sure it's not age. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember my age because of my lack of sleep. So anyway, we are talking sleep. We are. We are. Sleep. Because, Very important. Um, yeah, but I don't think, is my opinion, and people love my opinion, I don't think everyone really understands the importance of sleep. Um, when it comes to the whole wellness picture. It's mm. one of those last things that happen. And I think um, there's a lot of people out there who still suffer from different degrees of interrupted or incomplete sleep. So I thought, let's have a chat about sleep. Let's have a chat about the importance of sleep. Let's have a chat about um, what happens if you don't get enough sleep. And then maybe give some examples of different types of scenarios that people may be, maybe relate to and how to address those. How many hours have you got? I have got... <laughs> I think no one is going to be here in 35 minutes. So the listeners will go. They'll be asleep. They'll be so asleep. This, is, this is to put people asleep. This is to put people this asleep. This is one of those meditations, so guided like meditations, <laughs> to put you to sleep. No, it's so not. Breathe in, breathe out. <laughs> breathe in, breathe out. Close your eyes. I think, but you, you know, it's, it's interesting when you talk about sleep and do people get enough sleep? Because mm. um, what we know is just a few sleep facts. We know that people get less sleep now than 100 years ago. Yes. Um, we know that when surveyed, about 80% of people say that they feel they don't get enough sleep so it's not it's not necessarily the measurement of it's just how they feel so most people would say that they would like more sleep mm. even if they get good sleep most people say they want more sleep so it's one of those topics where everybody says they're not getting enough um, everybody says they'd like more of it but yet what are we doing about it are we doing something about it are yeah. we actively able to and i think it's often because people don't know what really affects their sleep mm. um, and what those factors are so i think it's really good if we can go through some of the things of you know these are the issues you might be having um here's some of the options for you to, mm. to have a look at and i think i generally think people don't know what to do about sleep yeah so the old i'm not getting enough sleep so go to bed earlier um, is probably the simplest form of mm. you know, the solution, but there are so many different sleep hacks mm. or techniques that we can think about when we're looking at a way to, to get better, mm. um, more fulfilling sleep. Mm. So let's go through it. So why do we need sleep? Well, give, us the, mm, give us the facts. You know, if you look at so there, there are lots and lots of things, but I'll probably mention what I think are, are the top five. Go. First one is, it's when your body repairs itself. Mm. So if you're not getting enough of the right quality sleep, you're not giving your body chance to repair. So that means repair on a, a cellular level. So where we've got damaged cells, we've got aging cells, we've got cells that are no longer needed. If you're not getting enough sleep, you're not giving your body chance to, to get rid of those and actually do, you know, do repair work on the damage. So it's a bit like taking your car into the garage. You've taken your car along, you've said what needs to be done, you need, you need a service, you need an oil change, you need a bit of work doing, but you're only going to give them 15 minutes to do the work mm. and it really requires three to four hours. 
So it's the same sort of thing. When we don't sleep for long enough or the right quality, we're simply not going to be able to keep our body in tip-top condition. We're not going to be able to repair damage that we've done at the gym. If we've eaten foods that haven't agreed with us, if we've you know, generated free radicals in the body, we're not giving our body chance to do all that repair work. So it's important. So it is important from the mm. perspective of the body, the physical My body. My ageing cells your aging cells so you know we do know that people who get good sleep they do have better chance of a long healthy life so um, that's the first one I think the second one is around the mind so we've talked about the body the physical body the second part is all around the mind so if we look at mental health so conditions like depression anxiety all of those things um, if we get good sleep then basically we're allowing all the processes in the brain, all the mental health issues to be again resolved overnight. So I'm not saying that, you know, if you've got significant anxiety and depression, it's all gonna go away with a good night's sleep. That's not the case. But certainly if you're not getting good, good sleep, then you're going to have some of those problems. So from a mental health perspective, it's really, really important. Mm. Sticking with the mind, the other thing that it does is it basically gives us the opportunity to form long-term memories. Oh, so again, the right types, I'm not, and I don't want to go into the types of sleep today yes, because yes. we've covered that before, but yes. if we get the right type of sleep, our brain will actually go through a number of processes. And I, I sort of talk about it being a bit like a filing cabinet mm, for anybody who knows what, I, knows what I mean. It's sorting basically, it all out. Yeah, so they, they t you, know, they, you can imagine somebody comes in overnight, mm. pops into your brain, they pick up all the files from the desk, and they take them to the filing cabinet and they put them in the right tabs. Or if, it's, if you're thinking about your computer, you're thinking about how you might file things, whatever your filing system is, it's like somebody comes in overnight and they take all those files that are sitting in the downloads folder yes. and they pop them into the correct folders mm. overnight. When you wake up in the morning, everything's been sorted out, it's all in the right order and you've created those long-term memories. Yes. So again, really important for the brain, for the mind, for the memory. So we know it improves you know, the, the physical body. We know it's important for the, the mental health and for the mind. It also really supports the immune system. So what we, what we know is that if we don't get enough sleep, again, the immune system becomes compromised. So good sleep will help support immune system function and it will help you, you know, fend off colds and um, bacteria and bugs and whatever's going around, especially in winter. Mm. And then I think the last one is probably the last of the five that I would rate as my top five um, benefits for good sleep is around learning and problem solving. So what we know again is those people who get good sleep, the right amount, the right quality, they are better um, when it comes to learning and problem solving. Okay. So if you want to be able to assimilate information, you want to be able to solve problems, you are a student, um, you're learning for whatever reason, then good sleep super important. Don't be, you know, don't be tempted to burn the candle at both ends because yes. it will hurt your performance. Mm. So that's great. So now we know what good sleep will get us. Let's scare the heck out of people and look at those people who are sleep deprived, they don't get efficient enough sleep or they get poor quality sleep. There's some serious, serious side effects, isn't there? There are. And again, I could talk for hours and hours about the side effects, but about anything, I'll, actually. I'll talk, that's true, about pretty much anything. Um, anything to do with wellness, that is. Of course. Um, but if we look at, again, I'll give probably my top five health issues. Warnings. Um, my big Warning. warnings, Warning. the Warning. cautions. Warning. Yep, so, you know, if you're not getting good sleep, um, if you are chronically sleep deprived, 
if you are constantly waking up feeling tired, um, you've been restless, you know, you're, you're really not feeling good when you get out of bed in the morning, these are the top five conditions that you are looking at, you know, potentially mm. um, suffering at some point in your life. The first one is obesity. And we know that a lot of people are desperately searching for a way to lose weight at the moment. They're turning to crazy diets, to all sorts of things. The first thing you should do is sleep more. So if you're not losing weight, if you have weight to lose, sleep is incredibly important. Mm, interesting. So obesity, top, the top one. If you're not getting good sleep, then you're at risk of high blood pressure. And we all know that high blood pressure leads to a whole raft of different conditions. You're also at risk of heart disease. So, you know, we know that there are lots and lots of issues with the heart that can be caused by simply not sleeping enough. So heart disease, which by the way, you know, heart disease, cardiovascular disease, one in three people in the US die of heart disease. So it's pretty significant, isn't it? This is pretty significant. Yeah, so if yeah. you want to take yourself out of that statistic, then get more sleep. <coughs> yep. Um, the fourth one, still pretty nasty, diabetes. So again, if you're not getting enough sleep, if you're chronically sleep deprived, then you really want to be sleeping. You really want to be careful about your diabetes risk because it will be going up yep. with the lack of sleep. And then the last one, <coughs> I mentioned some of the mental health um, issues, depression. If, you, if you're chronically sleep deprived, you are significantly mm. more at risk of getting depression, anxiety, and those sort of issues. So, you know, we've got everything there from obesity, heart disease, um, through high blood pressure, diabetes, and depression. Yep. They're all pretty nasty. I'm not gonna comment on cancer risk um, because I don't have the studies in front of me, but these ones for sure, there are mm. plenty, there's plenty of evidence to say if you're chronically sleep deprived, one of these is going to be yeah. you know, knocking on your door. So it's, it's much more than just you're tired mm. and you're uh, feeling like you're not performing at the level you want this. It's not just you're tired and it's impacting your life. There is some significant health benefits mm. and people need to sort of sit up and wake up and take that, you know, take that quite seriously because there is a lot of people who are tuning in who are looking to lose weight and we know obesity is one of those critical factors that's impacted by lack of sleep. So it's a, it's a good wake up call. Right, so let's, let's look at some scenarios because a lot of people out there maybe not realising that there are different types of sleep deprivation Mm. And when we're talking about the quantity of sleep, the quality of sleep. Um, so let's have a couple of scenarios around what if you go to bed at this time and you sleep and you wake up and feel this way? What could be some of the reasons that sit behind that? And hopefully people will relate to some of those specifics. Yeah, so what, what we're talking about here is when we think about sleep, you're looking at a good night's sleep. Let me just define what is a good night's mm. sleep. And everybody's different. So I can't say, Mike, I'm prescribing you eight hours sleep per night and yes. if you don't sleep for eight hours you're going to be sleep deprived it doesn't work like that everybody's different everybody needs a different amount of sleep but what we do know is for a good night's sleep you should basically go to bed um, and wake up easily so you should be able to go to bed fall asleep probably within 10 to 15 minutes yes you should then be able to wake up without an alarm clock so your body should, you know, your body, your mind should all wake you up without needing the, you know, the harsh alarm clock. You should be able to get up without pressing the snooze button lots and lots of times. <clears throat> and when you get up, you should feel good. Yes, yes. So all of these, you know, factors define a good night's sleep. So I should feel um, 
mental clarity. My body should feel pretty much okay. And I should feel refreshed after my night of sleep. Absolutely. So when we talk about getting a good night's sleep, we shouldn't be tossing and turning and waking up constantly. We should be able to go to bed, fall asleep, and get a good, you know, a good stretch of sleep <clears throat> uninterrupted without bathroom trips, without yes. any other interruptions, and then wake up the next morning. So if we define a good night's sleep like that, you know, anybody who's tuning in, if you ever think about it, when was the last time you got a night of sleep where you went to bed, fell asleep easily, stayed asleep all night, didn't toss and turn, woke up without an alarm clock, and leapt out of bed feeling really good. <laughs> Absolutely. And especially if you've got, you know, if you've got kids and all that sort of thing, you probably get a lot Lots of interruptions. interruptions. Yeah, yeah. So I guess when we look at, you know, what can go wrong, what we're looking at is what interrupts our sleep, what influences our sleep, and what prevents us with, you know, getting all of those ducks in a row. Mm -hmm. So what prevents us falling asleep? What prevents us having that continuous night of sleep? What prevents us waking up feeling refreshed? <laughs> yeah, so yeah. we can look at each of those. So let me give you a scenario. So someone who works, you know, works in the evening or they're, they're doing work or study in the evening, they get to 9.30, 10-ish and they're, they're dog tired, they're ready to go to bed, but then they continue on and then about 11, 11.30 they get that second wind and they don't, then they work late and they don't get that full night's sleep. What's the reason and what are some of the sleep implications there? So the issue with this one is, you know, imagine that situation, you're dog tired at 9.30, you should go to bed because your body has already produced the sleep mm. hormones and your body is telling you, your body and mind are telling you, hey, I need to sleep, I am ready to sleep. As you just said, if you push on, you get a burst of adrenaline at around 11 o'clock at night. Oh, so if you push through that, think about what adrenaline does. Adrenaline's that hormone that causes your heart to beat fast, gives you that wired feeling, gets you wide awake. So it's the thing that, you know, when you need to run a 100-meter race, it's going to get you fired up. If you've got to make a speech, it's the thing that makes your heart flutter. Um, it's, it's a really good hormone, except when you want to sleep, because it's going to get your body wired. Yes. So that surge of adrenaline basically fires your body up and gives you, as you said, that second wind keeps you going. So if that's the case, what's going to happen is your sleep cycle is going to shorten. Mm -hmm. You're not going to get the full night of sleep because it might be one, two o'clock in the morning before, you come back down before that's come down and, mm. and got to the point where you can now sleep. And you've then missed that all important couple of hours yes. at the beginning of the night. Yeah. So if you're you know, feeling tired earlier, watch the signals, listen to the signals, go to bed earlier yeah. and try really hard. The 11 o'clock curfew is real. <laughs> I know that, you know, if you're a teenager and you're listening to this or if you like to go out clubbing, we've been there. Um, we love going out clubbing as well. But be aware that if you're regularly going beyond 11 o'clock with your bedtime, you will suffer serious sleep mm -hmm. impacts. What about those people who maybe use screens in the evening, so whether it's phones or, or, or iPads or computers, and then they finish their night of screen time, be it TVs or whatever it might be, and then they go to bed and they just can't sleep. What are some of the, what are some of the reasons for that and the, the, the solutions? So the, I think there's two main issues here. And, you know, again, bear in mind, we're not going to tell people to get off their phones, get off their devices. Um, I'm on my device pretty late at night. Mm. And, you know, our society is one now where we're very dependent on smartphones, tablets, iPads, computers, TVs. So there's, there's two issues that you've got to recognise if that's you. And the first one is that they all emit blue light. And that blue light basically tells the brain it's daytime, especially it's morning. So our brain is programmed 
um, for blue light on a morning to wake us up. So if we're sitting and looking at devices that are emitting lots of blue light, our brain's getting confused because it's getting a signal, hey, it's morning, it's wake up time. Yes. Instead of, hey, it's evening, time to go to sleep. it's time to go to sleep, where we'd have more softer lights that mm, don't mm. have blue light in the spectrum, so more the orange and reds. Yes. So the first thing is, if you want to resolve that, then you could really try to eliminate the blue light. So, yep. you know, you could, you could stop your smartphone use or your device use earlier in the evening. Um, if that's not for you, you could put blue light filters onto all of your devices, and they're available on smartphones, tablets, iPads, computers. So everything can have a blue light blocker, whether it's just the simple, you know, in-app um, blue light blockers, or whether it's something like a, a program like Flux. Yes. And there's lots of information on that in you know some of our previous episodes. So you could use a blue light filter. You could also, if you could perhaps put the blue light blocking glasses I've seen you on. you walk around with those at night. I wear those at night. Yes. The, uh, they don't work for everybody. And you know, you'll know if you're the sort of person who is affected by blue light. Some yes. people are, some people are not. Yep. So blue light blocking is one way. The other issue with the device use is let's just say, you know, you're looking at emails and you've got a particular issue on a project at work email comes in and it's really critical it's something that's time sensitive perhaps there's an issue and you need to resolve it now what's going to happen is you're going to go to bed and you're going to be thinking about that mm. and a lot of people find it really hard just to switch off disconnect and just say okay enough i'm not dealing with that right now i'm going to deal with it tomorrow there are techniques, you know, you can write these things down, put them on a to-do list, practice, you know, the, the meditation type techniques. Mm. But just be aware, if you are using devices and looking at emails, you're wiring your brain. Again, your brain is starting to think through things yes. and it potentially will impact, will, will impact your sleep. Right, what about those people that go to bed? Sorry, I'm just being attacked by, we're in, the, we're in the Peaks Garden. Sitting outside in beautiful I Indonesia with these beautiful bugs. Being attacked by tiny, tiny little ants and thousands of them. Sorry no, about that. Are you, are you okay to continue? Or do you want to have, a, <laughs> let's, let's have an ants break? No, no, I've had my ants break. Let's continue. <laughs> what about somebody who goes to bed at 11 p.m., yeah, 10, 30, 11 o'clock, does the right thing, but always wakes up at a set time during the night, whether it's 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock in the morning, they just regularly have a time, they just spring awake, and they don't know how to deal with that. And this is really common, and mm. I don't want to stereotype, but a lot of women suffer with this. Mm. Women in their 30s and 40s especially, like you said, they're doing all the right things, but for whatever reason, they're waking up at night and it's typically in that three to four o'clock, um, you know, time frame, and they can't get back to sleep. Yes. So th there are quite a number of different reasons for this. Um, one is that the liver cleanses itself at that time. Right. Now that could actually just be waking you up. So that's yep. just the body's normal detox process happening and it's waking you up. But a more common one, um, in my belief and from what I've experienced, is that people haven't have, have either got a low blood sugar um, or they've not eaten the right foods in the evening. Mm. So imagine you're a carb eater. So you're, you typically, you know, you eat carbs, you have rice or potatoes or pasta or bread in an evening. Yes. And that's given you enough glucose in your system, in your blood, to get you to sleep. And a lot of people find carbs are helpful at night. I don't agree with it and I can do a whole episode on why that is. Um, but carbs at night, they, mm. yes, they will help you fall asleep because we know that after a carb-rich meal, we'll mm. feel quite sleepy. But what happens is the, um, 
you'll get sleepy, you'll go to sleep, but then during the night, because you're fasting for eight hours, seven, eight hours, nine, 10 hours, at some point in the night, your blood sugar will drop. Yes. And it could drop quite dramatically to a point where your body starts to get stressed, you may start to release cortisol, that's going to wake your body up because normally cortisol is actually part of the process of waking you up. Mm. So your blood sugar's dropped, you've released cortisol, your body's woken up and said, hey, um, it must be morning time, I'm, 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 I need to be fed. Yeah, you know, I'm starving. So it's literally your body's own processes are waking you up and the only thing that's going to put you back to sleep is probably having a snack and some people do get up and snack. Mm. Uh, have a snack and then they find they can sleep again. Interesting. The real solution for this one, and this is a big, big trap for many people, don't eat carbs in the middle of the night, don't eat carbs in the evening. In my belief, the best solution and the long-term solution to that nighttime three, four o'clock insomnia is to have a beautiful fatty meal, some protein and some fats, and especially to be on the keto lifestyle because your blood sugar is stable, it's balanced. You don't get those ups and downs yes. and you won't wake at night. If you're not working at night, you're not gonna feel tired the next day. You're not gonna reach for the carbs so and sugar. So, effect, so it, it gets you out of that vicious cycle. Yeah, yeah. What about coffee in the evening? So coffee, stimulants, alcohol, those type of things. So a lot of people, maybe not be aware of the impact of some of those things they might have in the evening. Just a normal coffee after dinner, or a, you know, a red wine with dinner, or a glass of wine or something. What's the impact that the knock-on effect with sleep in that, in that, in that instance? Well, so let's look at coffee first, because yes. I think it's, it's in its own category. If you're a coffee drinker and you're consuming coffee during the day, yes. during the afternoon, and perhaps into the evening, what will happen is that you're getting that, and if you're drinking caffeinated coffee, mm. you're getting caffeine into your system. And what that caffeine's going to do is it's going to act as a stimulant, because that's what it is. So it's going to keep your, your brain awake and firing on all cylinders, which is fine in the morning if you want a bit of a boost. It's great if you're going to the gym and you want to, you know, you want to use it for the, you know, the exercise benefit. But if you want to sleep, it may do two things. First of all, it may stop you feeling sleepy. Yes. Um, second of all, and this is the one that often goes unnoticed, especially if you've built up a tolerance to caffeine, is that you may fall asleep fine. You may be one of those people who says, I'm not sensitive to caffeine. I can drink it all day and all evening. It doesn't bother me at all. Yes. And you've done it all your life. But if you were to monitor your sleep and you were, you were to use a sleep tracker, you may, actually, you may actually find you're not getting a lot of deep sleep. So deep sleep is where the body repairs, not where the mind repairs, where the body repairs especially. And if you have a look at it and you, you were to take coffee out of your caffeine, out of your system yes. for 30 days, you might see a rapid jump mm, in mm. the amount of deep sleep that you get. Yes. So, and we've done it. We've, we've done, done the caffeine we've experiment. We've done the caffeine experiment and we did have a significant change in sleep pattern. We tracked the sleep for, for two weeks and we had a significant change in the sleep patterns and the amount of um, deep sleep, the, re the restorative sleep, um, simply by removing caffeine. Exactly right. And I can categorically say mm. that I, even though I wouldn't notice it in terms of how well I think I sleep, if I track my sleep, I see much more deep sleep when I don't have caffeine. Yes. And that might be caffeine in the evening, might be for you in the afternoon, it might be for you all day. So I encourage you, if you're using caffeine, to really think about it and perhaps limit at least in the afternoon and evening, mm. because caffeine sticks around in your body for anywhere between six 
and 18 hours. So a coffee at lunchtime could still be affecting you right when you go to bed. Yeah, yeah. So watch out for the caffeine. You mentioned things like wine and those sort of things. Again, there's a bit of a trap. Caffeine in the morning to, to get you jolted <laughs> and, and up and awake and going. Yes. And then alcohol in the evening. To relax you. To relax you. <coughs> yep. Um, it would be better if you could find other ways to relax rather than using alcohol regularly. You want to have a drink, you know, on a, on occasions, at weekends, social occasions, parties, fine. But if you're using alcohol to relax you every day, then I would be looking for the root cause. What is it that's stopping you relaxing? Yes. Is it stress? Have you got issues? Mm, and then mm. find, you know, relaxation techniques mm. rather than using alcohol. Because, again, what alcohol does, yes, it helps you relax and fall asleep but it interferes with the quality sleep. So you may be asleep, but you're not getting the right quality of sleep. Mm. So you're still going to wake up feeling, you know, less than 100%. Absolutely. All right, last one. What about the um, the exercises? Mm. Those who work out in the evening or the afternoon evening, and they feel great, and they feel tired, but they go to bed and they just can't sleep. Yeah, so in fact, there's, there's um, two that I want, I want to cover. One is the exercise, and one is perhaps eating late as well. Well, you said the high-fat food. <laughs> high-fat keto food in the evening is what I... did, I, but so not late. Oh. oh I, I, really careful. So what I said was eat nice, fatty um, food in the evening, did. Did. so have your keto fats, have your protein, and have a beautiful keto meal. By 6pm. But don't eat it late. <laughs> and the reason... And why, it, this yeah, is, sorry, well, why is that? Because it's, it's a big contributor to ineffective sleep, isn't it? It is. So what happens if we eat late, our body is still digesting the food, which means it's still going through that digestion process. Mm. It's not switching off and going into the repair process. Yes. So what you want to do is you actually want to finish the digestion, mm. allow the body then to fall asleep and go into the repair cycle. You do notice when you track your sleep and you notice the, um, that resting heart rate um, stays quite high if you've had a late meal, isn't mm. it? Because the body's still working really hard and it only comes down late in the sleep towards the morning, mm. whereas you really want that heart rate to drop fairly quickly so you get that restorative sleep. That's it. So if you've got a high heart rate during the night or your heart rate hasn't fallen, yes. that's a classic symptom mm. of perhaps your metabolism working hard because your high, your high heart rate is a sign of your metabolism. Yes. So you've eaten the meal and your metabolism's working double time to digest it mm. and use all those nutrients, but that's stopping you getting into into your proper sleep pattern. So, so how much time between finishing that last piece of food in the evening and going to sleep? What sort of what's the buffer? So there's there's a couple of things. There's three things that I want to mention on this. The first one is there is a lot of advice about eating before it gets dark. I don't advocate that and I think that gets very confusing for people, especially if you live in a country <laughs> where it gets dark either very early or potentially very late. Yes, it's very difficult. Um, my advice would be eat three hours, eat your main meal three hours before you go to bed. So you want three hours for that food to, to come out of your stomach into the intestines and start to get digested. Mm -hmm. um, now some people, th sorry that's the second thing, the third thing I want to say is that some people actually find a little snack before bed helps them sleep. Now we don't advocate snacking in general but if you're having a smaller evening meal and you, ha you are having those blood sugar issues that I talked about earlier, yes. then you might just want to have a, a, a small mm. snack before you go to bed, a little fat bomb or something like that. Again, you want good quality fats, not carbs. Have a touch of, of fat before you go to bed just to, again, relax the body, let it know it's not starving and keep the blood sugar constant overnight. Interesting. So main meal, three hours before bed. 
if you need to, and I'm only advocating it for people <laughs> that struggle with sleep, yes. is the small snack. Interesting. And the exercises at night. And then the, the late night exercises. So what's happening here is, again, we're doing a workout and we are pumping adrenaline through the body. Of course. So very similar to this getting the second wind, what's happening with that is that, you know, the body is now wired. Yes. We've done this really hard workout. It's going to take a few hours for all of those different hormones to work their way through the system and the body to come down. You know, we've got all the endorphins, the happy hormones, all of that stuff's going on in the body. We feel amazing. Mm. And what will quite often happen to exercisers um, or people who exercise in the evening, go and do their exercise feel fantastic, get the happy hormones, they come home and they feel tired, they might yes. eat their meal, and then they head off to bed feeling absolutely shattered. They literally get into bed and they are so tired. And it might only be 9.30 at night, yeah. and they're like, oh, I'm gonna have the best night's sleep ever because I am so tired, but then they can't sleep. They just cannot get to sleep. And that's because the body's wired from the exercise. Mm. So watch what happens when you exercise in the morning or the evening. And if you find you sleep, your sleep is affected, then it could be that evening exercise that's contributing to the, you know, the, the, mm. the poor sleep. Mm. So some great tips. I think the, the takeaway to me is that 80% of people say they don't get the quality and the quantity of sleep that they really want. Mm. So there's a huge awareness from the general public out there that the sleep they're getting is not sufficient. Mm. But a lot of people put it way down the list of priorities. There are some significant health problems if you don't get enough sleep and 80% of people are suggesting they don't so there's mm. a, a correlation there but a lot, a lot of the people look at their diet they look at exercise look at other areas first sleep is one of those last things we focus on but there's some great tips there that you can easily implement and improve the sleep and potentially get some significant benefits that's it if you look at those six areas that we've just talked about mm. six or seven areas that we've just talked about and just think about you know for yourself are you actually doing any of those things? Are you having the alcohol there? Yes, Are you drinking yes. the coffee? Yep. Are you using the devices? Um, another one that we didn't mention is, you know, having irregular um, wake-up times. Of course, yes. So again, another one is, you know, are you getting up any time that you feel like yes. at different times at the weekend and during the week? Because again, another thing that could help is having a really regular wake-up time, not varying it day to day, yep. especially not at weekends. Having that routine. So have a look through all those different things mm. and just see if there's any of them where you could perhaps make a small tweak, a small change, mm. and often those small changes can bring really big benefits. Absolutely. Some great tips. Thanks again. Sleep for health. Hey guys, thanks for joining us on the Peaks Audio Experience. Make sure you've subscribed and please share the podcast. And more importantly, don't forget to tell all your friends it's awesome, it's amazing and inspiring. And send us your hot topics to cover on a future episode. For now, have a great Peaks Day. Peaks.